sign who's just a white. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Hello and welcome to Spectrum's podcast, Adventist Voices. I'm Alexander Carpenter and I'm joined by my good friend, Spectrum's editor and executive director, Bonnie Dwyer. Welcome. Thank you, Alex. Always nice to talk to you. Likewise. Last time we talked, it was before annual council. So I actually want to get into kind of um, talking with you about the aftermath. Um, In addition to that, uh, for this podcast, just so folks kind of know what our agenda is. Um, We're going to be talking about the year in Adventism and recapping some of the highlights um, in the year of Spectrum and the Adventist Forum, and then finishing up with a little conversation about uh, Christmas. So um, last time we were talking about sex, money, and power, and then you (laughs) went off to the General Conference. What happened? Well, we had a um, <laughs> what happened at annual council? <laughs> That's a, well, I know. It was. Where uh, do we start? <laughs> <laughs> yes, where do we start? A very interesting session. Every year is a little different, and of course, this one was uh, no, also um, different. The topic that has every year created the most um, interest is what to do in response to the 2015 vote out of San Antonio on uh, whether divisions could decide to ordain. Ever since then, every year we have it's always a different version of how we're going to consider how to respond to the places that want to ordain women. But that's the topic every year that uh, always has a big uh, issue to consider, and it turns into uh, an all-afternoon, sometimes well, I guess it's always been an all-afternoon conversation over the General Conference's latest attempt at how to deal with it. So each year it has been slightly different. One year we talked about unity. One year we talked about church authority. One year we talked about compliance. And this year the discussion was on warnings and reprimands to the conferences and unions that were doing something a little different than others in regards to how they view women's ordination. Let me jump in there because I like the way that you frame that, which is the basically um, something happened around women's ordination which is that a couple of unions started ordaining or allowing women to be ordained. And um, since then, basically the general conference has been very sort of passive aggressive to me, it seems like. I don't know if that's the right term, but they have responded and they have a lot of power to respond. They've won some of those votes, um, and but they've been kind of 
at the same time flailing each year trying to come up with a way to punish these leaders and these constituents for ordaining women. Is that a a good way of framing it? Yes. The thing that I think surprises people when I try and talk about it and explain it to people is they'll want to go back and talk about the arguments over women's ordination and think that that's what the discussion ends up being about. And it hasn't been, we haven't talked about women and ordaining women. The theology. Right. Uh, For this whole time period. Mm -hmm. That that hasn't been part of the conversation. So if you try to uh, put together an argument over why women should be ordained and thinking that that's going to be brought to the floor and considered and it's going to change mind, it doesn't even come up. Yeah. And so the the convert the changing nature of the conversation I think is as significant as anything else because like you're saying the GC is is trying to come up with some way to respond and gets a lot of kind of drama going over the conversation of how to respond as opposed to considering what the original issue is and for whatever reason, uh, that's it, it makes it uh, kind of difficult in some ways to try and help clarify things for people. Yeah, the train has left the station. You know, so many women have been ordained or moving up in church leadership, not only in North America, but in other parts of the world. The word is out everywhere that women are being ordained. And uh, what's happened, I think, is that it's moved from a theological question. I remember being back in college, and it was fun to debate these sort of things. Books were being published. Professors were changing their minds. That's all gone. To me, it seems like Ted has turned us away from theology and moved us to power. (laughs) Well, it certainly has been a lot about power. And there are a lot of things, like you mentioned, uh, of women moving up and in significant roles. Uh, And that is true to some extent. If women were ordained, it could be a whole lot more. Yeah. And that's one of the problems with not ordaining women is ordination is our track for... uh, administrative positions and so by saying that women can't be ordained what you also say is nobody no woman can be on a track to become a union conference president or president of a division and yet so that means 50 percent of the membership is not represented in our structure in a significant and that lack of representation comes through uh, a lot. The subject that was discussed in addition to this whole thing over how to respond to the unions was abortion. And so having a discussion about abortion in a room that's 90% men is in some people's minds somewhat of a travesty and absolutely that 
one woman was uh, willing to stand up and to make a major point, God bless her. Uh, and I wish her all the power that she can get. But we need to have more women in the conversation so that when we are addressing topics that affect women, that they are present. Yeah. I mean, the, so. the optics of that was terrible. Um, I was paying attention uh, online, and um, I saw that quite a few folks were really uh, offended by that. Um, you wrote about all of this on Spectrum, so if folks would like to, uh, if they haven't already read your uh, dispatches <laughs> from Annual Council, uh, I recommend um, folks dig into those. We're kind of looking back, um, and so I'm wondering, as you're looking back at Annual Council, what's kind of your takeaway as you're reflecting on um, that big event this year for Adventism? The annual council before general conference session is always the one that sets up what's coming next. And so as much as the whole focus on at annual council was on these couple of issues, what people were also thinking about and talking about and, and having referenced was what's coming in Indianapolis in 2020 when the uh, general conference session takes place. And I think that the um, the mood had changed significantly in the room over these discussions. It was, okay, so you get your vote, but I don't know whether that will carry through in terms of support uh, in 2020. Who knows? I, I guess we will wait and see. Uh, where things go. An interesting thing that took place that I'm wondering how it will shape the future of things at the General Conference. One of the actions that took place, and the one that I probably should not talk about a lot, but I would like to... You're in a safe space here. Make, make note of, well, yes and no, we are on the internet <laughs> and the internet is not a safe place. Uh, so the uh, North Pacific Asian Division requested uh, to transfer the China Union mission from the division to the general conference. And so that has now taken place. And... I'm really curious what effect that will have on things going forward, given the large number of women pastors in that area. And I don't think it will change anything on the ground in China. I think that it will that will proceed as it always has. And but I wonder more how it will affect things inside the GC to be attached to all of these women pastors. And will they have an impact inside the building? And I hope they do. Yeah, that's really interesting. So reflecting back um, on Adventism, what other sort of highlights are there for you this year? The other meeting that I went to this fall was in San Diego 
where the religion scholars of North America and beyond gathered for the annual meeting of the American Academy of Religion as well as the Society for Biblical Literature. At the same time, Adventist scholars gathered and had meetings, both the Adventist Society for Religious Scholars and the Adventist Theological Society. The meetings of the Adventist Society for Religious Scholars, I found particularly significant this year. They were discussing the 1919 Bible Conference, given that it was took place 100 years ago. They said this is a, a good time to review that event, very significant event yeah. in our church history. And so all of the papers that were presented over a span of essentially two and a half days centered around this 1919 Bible conference. Michael Campbell's book on the 1919 Bible conference, The Untold Story of Adventism's Struggle with Fundamentalism is the subtitle for that book. And I think you can find it in your ABC or through Amazon, but certainly a worthwhile read and one that got referenced quite a bit because as we turned over various aspects of the 1919 Bible Conference, not only did it touch on Ellen White and her uh, inspiration and how she is received by the, how she was received by the people at that time as well as now the whole issue of fundamentalism got discussed in a number of different ways and i found that very fascinating so yeah it's uh, kind of a pivotal moment in adventist history and it's great that you had historians and scholars in conversation about this um, just a moment, a point of historical uh, importance that I'll add. Spectrum played an important role in um, Adventists uh, really um, getting a chance to access what happened at the 1919 Bible Conference. And it provoked a lot of questions about um, uh, Ellen White's authority and how church leaders... Um, understood it and wanted other people, laity, to understand it, and a pivotal moment in American um, religious history that Adventists were a part of in negotiating how to respond to um, the choices between a fundamentalist evangelicalism and a more kind of open one. Is that a, a good way of framing it? Yeah, the thing that was particularly interesting, the um, the day that the the Adventist Society meeting opened, that's also the day that the Society of Adventist Philosophers meets, and this was the ten year anniversary of the Society of Adventist Philosophers, and they also had a really good meeting. They invited David Bentley Hart to speak, and his uh, presentation on beauty was beautiful. <laughs> it was uh, really fun to listen to him and to hear Ron Osborne respond to him. All, all very nice. 
the topic that the philosophers had dis- uh, chosen to discuss was truth. So all day Thursday, we had had these philosophical presentations about how truth matters and and discussion of all of that. And then on Thursday evening, when the ASRS meeting opened, it opened with Denny Fourteen's presidential address uh, about the 1919 Bible Conference. And he did a beautiful job of telling details about the meeting itself, kind of the circumstances, the various people that were involved, really giving you context and and background for understanding what took place. And what we know happened as a result of that meeting was that the discussion of it got buried. And they essentially felt like the membership was not ready to hear certain things about Ellen White. So they buried it, and they did not tell the truth that they knew to the members. And so, and that did not, over time, it may have been expedient at the moment, but over time, that did not play out well. And so it was this lesson in what truth is all about and what happens when you don't tell the truth. What are the implications for the community when truth is not told? And it was uh, an extraordinary experience to, to kind of see all of that playing out in the space of one day. And can folks who are kind of interested in um, these ideas um, look forward to seeing some of the papers that were presented at these scholarly meetings in Spectrum? Yes. Um, Yes. Good. I I know that's usually (laughs) your metier, so I'm looking forward to um, seeing some of those papers. I'm looking forward to publishing them and sharing them with um, our Adventist family, because I think they will appreciate reading what, what was said. Definitely. So let's turn our attention to the, um, the year in Spectrum. Uh, congratulations um, on another great year of growth. Uh, we've started this podcast this year, thanks to an initiative from the board. And uh, thanks to all our listeners, of course, for uh, tuning in and giving us feedback and ideas for the future. Um, We've uh, seen some great growth on the website, certainly with our social media accounts. The journal continues to be a jewel in the Adventist crown of publishing. And I'm just curious what uh, um, you look back on fondly. It has been an exciting year here at Spectrum, and I'm so glad that we now have a podcast. I think it's a very important addition to our range of media. Our um, numbers on social media look really good. Uh, one of the unions did a survey of social media following annual council and shared their results with us. And it was very gratifying to see that Spectrum came out on top Uh 
all the way through. And so that's wonderful. The other thing that I think of that I've been happy we've been able to do this year, and that is to put more investigative reporting on the website as well as in the journal. And I think we've done some significant reports over this year. I think of the story that Alex Amott wrote about uh, the World Church Affirmation Sabbath organization, for instance, which was very informative, I know, to me about this group uh, within the church. And I appreciated getting to know those people better through his writing and and understanding them more. Um, We also had a significant uh, series of articles about Kenya uh, from Godfrey Sang. It's wonderful to have an African writing about Africa for us. Uh, I'm very happy about that. We have another piece from him that we will be publishing soon about Burundi, and it is an amazing story. He tells stories so complexly. I mean, he gives us history of the country of Burundi to help us understand what's happening within the church in Burundi. And he does a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. Then um, Alyssa did a really good investigative piece about Washington Adventist University. So I think we've marked the year with important reporting of Adventism in places other than just the general conference building. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, what are you kind of looking at on the horizon for, um, what spectrum will we doing in the new year? What can folks look forward to that you're excited about? The more stories about Adventism in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, this morning I received a, a piece about the university in the Philippines and the new woman who is president of AI, Ginger uh, Ketting, Ginger Ketting Weller. Oh yeah, and she was just inaugurated within the last couple of months into this new position. So we've got a great story about that. We have some. Uh, political stories to look at. 2020 is a political year, both in the church and out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know that we'll be talking politics this next year. And I don't mean that within American politics that we are going to be taking sides. What we have traditionally done in election years is to look at Avanison and do surveys of Avanison how they vote yeah. as opposed to trying to um, address the uh, race itself. Yeah. So I would imagine that we will do that in some manner. And of course we will be in Indianapolis to report on what happens at the general conference session. Yes. That's always a big event in the life of the church and a really important um, um, kind of um, 
um, I don't know, kind of important point in the spectrum calendar because it is really where we take um, on the role of journalists in the church um, almost in a kind of sacred duty because it's so important to get the stories right and inform folks about what's happening. So I know that it's um, something that we invest a lot in. And if there's anyone listening who cares a lot about um, those reports that Spectrum does, we take a team to the GC and um, uh, rely on um, a wide variety of expertise in that reporting. Um, So if you would like to support Spectrum, this is the end of the year, so please <laughs> log on to spectrummagazine.org and uh, fill out that little donation form. We'll greatly appreciate it, and you'll see your money at work right away and definitely this summer. So it's the end of the year, and I'm just curious, Bonnie, as a kind of final reflection, it's Christmas time. It's an important point in the Christian calendar. calendar. It's the Advent season. Um, so what brings you joy as we finish off this year? The season itself being centered on joy brings me joy. The, in the midst of everything else that is going on, going wrong, going right within one's personal world, within one's uh, immediate uh, locale or wherever whatever country you're in there can be things going on that can be not heartening but in the midst of all of that is this occasion of joy and joy because it's a time to give and giving to other people is a way to bring joy and so a whole season that is centered on that and on the beauty of God's love is just uh, refreshing to the soul. Yes. And nice to have an, a time when the whole world thinks about that and thinks that giving is more important than getting. And in our society that's kind of hard to come by and I'm very thankful we have a season that helps us get there. I agree. Well, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. And to you. And uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to our listening audience. We appreciate you and um, come back in the new year and we'll uh, take on some new themes, some new issues, and we'll definitely hear from Bonnie again. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget.